I'm just going to quickly um, let you know what we're going to do this morning. We won't start yet. We'll just wait for all the mums to, to get their little gift. But we're doing something a little bit different this morning. Um, I really felt today that I wanted to get a, a couple of the mums of the house to share. So this morning I've actually asked Anne Marnie and Rihanna McKinnon <clears throat> to come and share with me this morning on Mother's Day. And I didn't ask them, I was telling them this, I was actually telling Anne earlier this week, and I didn't just ask you to come up here this morning because you, I just, you're just the first name I thought of. I honestly believe that you're an incredible mother to many in this house. You're a great grandma and we love you and we respect you and you have a lot of wisdom. So we're expecting a lot from you this morning. And Rihanna, you are an incredible mother, again, spiritual mom to so many of our youth, particularly in the church. You're a great mom to your little girl. So why don't you both come up the front? Why don't we honour them? Come and grab a seat. That one is yours. Wherever you like. Wherever you like. All right, we're getting there. I think we are almost done. Did everyone get a gift? Did anyone miss out? I think we've all got one. Awesome. Okay, I'll just wait till we're all sitting down. Beautiful. We're going back to the couch. Do you remember last year? I feel like this couch, last year Andrew and I and Greg preached on this couch a lot, didn't we? So we're going to go back to the couch this morning. I'm going to pray and um, then we're going to get into the word this morning. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I know we've already thanked you this morning, but we thank you for all the mums, Lord. Without them, we wouldn't even be here this morning. And so whether this morning is an easy day or a difficult day, we just commit it to you, Father. We thank you and bless you for what you're going to do in this meeting this morning. We just thank you for the wisdom that you've put on these girls' lives. And we just pray this morning that whether we're mums, whether we're dads, whatever we are this morning, Holy Spirit, that you will... Lord, that you will pierce the hearts of people this morning, that you would challenge us, God, you will encourage us, and we just pray that you have your blessing in this service, in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I've asked the girls not to get up here and tell you how to parent your children, because we all know that there's so many different ways and theories on the way we should parent your children. But what I asked them this morning was to think of three things that they've learnt as a mother. Um, so there's a lot to choose from, I've got a big list. And I'm going to hand over to Rihanna to start with. Good morning, all. Good morning. So, um, as you can, most of you will know, I haven't been a mother for that long. Mine is two in two weeks. So, for anyone with young mums will know that the Sunday is counting down until they can go to Harvest Dreamers. Um, um, but, yes, uh, I guess... There's three main things I think that I've really learned since becoming a mum in this last two years. Um, and the first one is watch who you listen to. There is so much information out there at the moment on the internet. Everyone has an opinion on how you should raise your child, um, you know, when it comes to whatever, like um, health, you know, schools, what you should do with them at church, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you just got to be careful. I think what I learned is this: mean watch who you're listening to. Um, I've learned that very on in my um, in my parenting journey. Uh, when I was pregnant with Maya, wasn't very long into it. Greg banned me from Google 
um, because I would Google so many different things and every time I had like a cramp or something like that, which happens a lot in pregnancy, I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So in my pregnancy, I definitely was banned from Google. Um, but we end up deciding, um, we end up together, Greg and I, um, developed this three-tier model um, of this isn't just for parenting. We actually use this three-tier model for all aspects of our life, whether it's our marriage, our finances, ministry. Um, but the three-tier model is this. The first tier is God. Above everything else, we go to God first. I go to God first for any advice or information I want to get because um, he is the um, fantastic parent. Um, in Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, when you call on me and pray to me, I will listen to you. The second tier is Greg. Um, above from God, and like nobody knows Myron and Alison better than he does and I do. Um, and we're a team. We parent together as a team. So we make decisions together. Um, so here's the second tier. And the third tier is trusted people. Um, there's a handful of people that we will go to for advice, not the internet, but people. Um, and they're generally people like my mother um, and my um, mother-in-law, um, Pastor Andrew and Rachel and sort of a handful of others. Um, and they're sort of the ones that we might go to for advice. And the people that we go to advice can change depending on what advice it is. So if it's finances, for instance, we might go... Um, to someone else who's really good with money um, or ministry, for example. Um, but these people, we decided, I guess we got these trusted people by watching them, um, watching them from a distance. It sounds very stalkerish, but um, <laughs> we, yeah, would watch people, see how they parents, see how their children act, um, what kind of children they've got, um, and also how are they, how's their marriage and are they doing things together? And that's sort of how we sort of developed of like, yeah, we really want to learn from these people. Um, the, apart from probably one or two people, um, most of the people that we go to for advice are ahead of us. So for um, my mum and mother-in-law, they're now grandparents, um, Pastor Andrew and Rachel, their kids aren't so little anymore. Um, so yeah, we just go to people that are probably ahead of us in the game. Um, the second thing I've really learned is God is the ultimate parent. Um, Isaiah 66 verse 13 says this, As one whom his mother comforts, so I'll comfort you, and you should be comforted in Israel. God likens himself to a mother, um, and he um, reminds us about the incredible um, comforting ability that a mum can give, and he says that I, he can give that. Um, for some of us, we might not be mums yet, or maybe you don't have your mum here anymore, whether it's on the earth or maybe they live far away, but God says he can give us that comfort and that love like a loving mother can. Um, being a mum is not my right, but it's my privilege. Um, God has gifted me, Alison and um, Maya. Greg is an um, earthly father, um, but their heavenly father is so much more important than what, um, than what he is or what I am. 
So I had this sort of analogy. Um, I'm really into the royal family, so a lot of my analogies sometimes come from them. Um, but um, imagine the Queen of England gave you a jewel, a precious jewel, and said this jewel was made perfectly and wonderfully without any fault, and it has a great purpose. And it's your job to take care of this jewel and to help it reach its full potential. Being the Queen of England, you're going to probably take really great care of it. Um, But at the same time, that jewel does not belong to you. It belongs to the Queen of England. Um, I learned a lot about love when I came a mum, when I had uh, Maya, and then I learned about love again when I had Alison. Um, and I'm feeling emotional, so sorry, guys. Um, but you always know that you're going to love your children. I mean, I feel like that's something when you're growing up, you know you're going to love your daughters, you're going to love your sons. But until you hold them in your arms, there's like this love that comes over you that you just, sorry, <laughs> um, that you just can't explain. And I love my girls more than anything in the world. But God loves them more than I do. He loves them more than I do. And he's the ultimate parent and he's the perfect parent. So I can go to advice to him because they're not mine to begin with. They're his. And he's just entrusted me with them. It is my job to love and cherish them and to bring them up in his ways to tell them about him and to show them what, um, what he's all about. And God has placed a great calling on their life and purpose on their life. Um, and it's my honour and my privilege to be able to help lead them into that. Um, not, as I said, not all of us are here amongst here today, but we've all got people in our lives that God has entrusted us to, to love and to cherish and you know, for our empire, our leaders, it's um, the teenagers that come on a Friday night. It's those who are in your crews. Maybe um, you're a kids leader here. It's the kids that are, attend Harvest Kids or a sister or a friend. We all have people in our lives to love. And God is the best person for us to go to, be able to ask him to help us love people better, love the people around us better. Um, my third thing that I've really learned um, about being, since being a mum, is also that being a mum is my highest calling. Proverbs 6, 20 to 22 says this, My son, obey your father's godly instruction and follow your mother's life-giving teaching. Fill your heart with their advice and let your, and let your life be shaped around by what they have taught you. Their wisdom will guide you wherever you go and keep you from bringing harm to yourself. Their instruction will whisper to you every sunrise and direct you through a brand new day. Um, These verses in Proverbs are actually a warning to people about living a moral life. Um, One thing that I learned recently, um, someone said to me about, as a parent, it's our job to train their moral heart. Our children are born with innocence, but they're not born with morals. Um, Maya does not care that I've been cooking in the kitchen for the last hour trying to get her a healthy meal and if she screams no and yuck and throws it on the floor, that that might hurt my feelings. (laughs) She doesn't care. She doesn't know about that. Um, 
you know, she's not two yet, so I've got to give her a bit of grace and help teach her that gratitude, if your mum makes you something, you eat it. Um, but um, I, saw this, I saw this video, um, it was actually before I became a mother, I saw this video, and it really changed the way that I think. Um, and it was about this mum who um, had gone to be the, with the Lord. Um, she was now in heaven, and God called her up um, to talk to her. And she came to God fear, with fear and trembling, and she said, Lord, I never, I never was a ministry overseas. I never um, did, a th- like, um, preach to a thousand people and saw many healings. Um, but I was a mum to three boys, and I just tried to raise them as best as I could and um, love on them as best as I could and raise them in your ways. And God smiled at smiled at her and said, I never called you to be a missionary. I never called you to preach to the thousands. I I called you to be a mum to those three boys and raise them in my ways. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And while I know for many of us, we do have a calling as well outside of being a mum, but my highest calling is a mum and a wife. They're my greatest Uh, my highest priority. Um, So, you know, they're everything. And my biggest desire is one day that they will follow God and they will love him, not because I told them that they should, but because they want to. And they they know him to be true. So they're, I guess, yeah, the three things that um, I felt really God teach me about in this last... um, short time of being a mum but it's something being really powerful that I reckon I can definitely keep taking on in my mothering walk. Okay that was great Rhiannon. and I wish you were around when I was a young mum. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> um, I'm coming from a, a, a different aspect of course being um, a grandmother and having raised my kids and the, one of the things, the first thing that occurred to me when Rachel threw this at me <laughs> and I thought, well, boundaries, so important to have boundaries and when you look around today, it's a bit different to my time, and a lot of you um, older mums like me will say, yes, boundaries doesn't look too good at the moment. Mind you, we don't like them, though. None of us likes boundaries. It'd be good if we could just do what we want. But we're aware as adults of what boundaries, um, why we need them. We need them every day. Um, And look around, you'll see the necessity. And... I take my hat off um, to Rhiannon for able to do all of that and she hardly looked at her notes. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) read. But, you know, boundaries are God's idea. Think about it. Way back in Genesis, in the garden, right? And he said to Adam and Eve, I've given you all of this. This is all yours. Enjoy it. Can you imagine? What would you do? 
you'd have the best time in the most perfect place. And then he said, but don't touch just that one tree, please. But they didn't take any notice, did they? As humans, we just can't help ourselves. And they did help themselves. <laughs> and that's why things are like that. And we're not much better today. Um, and boundaries um, shape you. And actually, there's a couple of young fellows here today who could have done with better boundaries, in my view. Why are you laughing? Do you know who I'm going to say? <laughs> Cody Kenny. <laughs> and Bailey. <laughs> what? Don't make me come up. Don't make me come up there. <laughs> Sit down. You see what I mean? That's why we need boundaries. And I'll be talking to their parents. <laughs> Don't you leave today without I see you. <laughs> As adults, though, we're... By the way, I love them to pieces. I really do. I've got to take my hat off to the parents because it's wonderful. And where were you when I needed help? We're aware as adults what's needed. And little people, nah, not so much. You know, we have to put the boundaries in place and the earlier, the better. It will save a lot of heartache and angst if you start early. We need to be, well, before that, this is not a popularity contest, you know? We're not here to be popular. We need to be equipping children to grow into responsible, caring, valuable human beings. And without the barriers that we put in place, they can become selfish, demanding, hard to get along with. Anybody here like that? <laughs> Jade, no, I know you're not like that. <laughs> A right royal pain to everybody in their world, right? You've come across them. When I was younger, my parents were very strict, both of them, really strict, and I hated it. My father wasn't very loving. My mum was just gorgeous. And so when I had children, I thought, I'm going to be a bit softer like my mum, which I did, but my husband wasn't. He was very strict. And... When the children were six and seven, he passed away and I had the two of them. So I was good cop, bad cop, mostly bad cop because there was no balance. Who was there, you know, when I was having a bad day or wanted to discipline and the other one was saying, well, yeah, your mum's right, but come here, I'll give you a hug. Anyway, I fell into a hole, which is understandable. And the discipline dropped away a bit. Well, a lot. So a good, friend, a good friend said to me, after I asked her, she didn't offer till I asked, she said, come here, we'll have a little chat about it. <laughs> so 
After that, I put things into place. But it took six long months to do. And rebuilding the boundaries was security for them. You know, they didn't know it, but I did. And they hated it because they'd had six months of running amok, pretty much. So, you know, if I'd had the Bible to go to, I'd have known a bit more. Anyway, life became a little more pleasant for everybody. And in, and in Proverbs 13, 24, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. That's the word. Is that right? The key word. I have to tell you something. I'm really sorry that Lisa and um, Lisa and 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 Ronnie having a moment. Lisa and Ronnie are not here, um, but it uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, when they had, um, yeah, and, and it was uh, also, the Petersons are here, right? So when they had their babies, they were pretty close together. But the pair of them were so on target, even when they were mucking up in church, that's it, come with me, out they go, and dealt with it promptly. Now look at the two boys, look at Jesse. And look at Jamie. Seriously, fine young men. Because there were boundaries. They knew where they could go. Um, and then, sorry, there are others for, uh, in Proverbs 3.12. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. And we all know that God corrects us too, as adults, as Rhiannon was saying. We all need boundaries. If you look at the world today, look around at the muck and the garbage and kids running amok and it just, God must cry over the result of no boundaries for the kids. You know, the parents, they've, they've had their childhood but these children, they don't know any better because they've not been taught and they're going to run with it and they think this is normal. And it's not. And the rebellion is tough. Tough on them and tough on everybody else. However, us being rebellious, God gave us a manual. Right? The Bible. You need to know anything? Go there and get it. The second point was prayer. As a young parent, I wasn't born again. So I didn't really realise the value of my prayers. It was pretty rote. It was pretty, you know, I just did it. It was a habit. But, you know, God's wonderful. He's faithful and he hears your heart. And so even when I did pray with and for my children and I didn't have a targeted area, he still heard me. He still, he still guided us through the muck and the garbage. And there was quite a bit. Um, but I know much more now than then on how to target my prayers, how to pray over my children. Uh, Isaiah 54 for, uh, 13, all your children shall be taught of the Lord, great will be the peace of your children, which is missing, you have to admit. And how good is it when peace reigns, young parents, <laughs> no matter how little it is. 
oh, it's so good. And my favourite is Joel um, 12, 28, 29. And this is handpicked and given to me by my Heavenly Father. And in those days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And that's his promise to me for my son and his family. And it took a long time for God to give that to me. And so I rest in that. He is so faithful. Doesn't matter how far away they are. It doesn't matter. You keep on. Keep asking for a word. If they're away, he will give it to you. He just loves to encourage us. I hadn't been born again very long when God actually gave me a dream. So vivid, um, like a video of of Kelly, my daughter's salvation. And it was fairly dramatic. But that took 15 years. So don't be impatient. (laughs) Sometimes he takes his time. Um, But God keeps answering your prayers for your children, little bit by little bit. But you know, if he's given you a word, they're safe. They're safe in his hands. So the third thing, which this will surprise you, (laughs) the third thing is fun. Goodness. <laughs> um, it is important to have fun with your kids. Yes, we've got to teach them the right thing, but have a bit of fun, you know? Laughter does good like a medicine, always. And a good belly laugh with your kids is just the best. Do silly things together. Do the unexpected. Surprise them with your silliness, things that you can do that they'll think, My mum is so cool. (laughs) But you all probably do that anyway. I can tell by looking at some of you. (laughs) Anyway, it just breaks down a barrier, you know, and they don't seem to always look at you as the bad guy. But I'm probably preaching to the converted, but they're just bits and pieces of things that you learn along the way and... As Rhiannon said, don't be afraid to ask the ones with the white hair, you know, the grey hair. Right, Ian? (laughs) That's right. We mightn't know it all, but we've been there. And we survived this far. So there you go. Awesome. Thank you. Let's thank Ian. I love it. All good. Okay, I'm going to be quick, but um, no, that was amazing. Thank you. I love your wisdom. You do. And that's the thing. Like, it's so true that we do need to be, you know, going to the older people in our church who have been there, done that. Sometimes we think we know it all. I do sometimes. But, you know, you've got a lot more wisdom than I do. So, thank you. Hey, I love the pictures that are up on the screen. And these are my beautiful girls. And these are the reason that I am a mum. And I'm super grateful for you both. And, look, we should have had tissues up here this morning. But I want to thank you both for making me a mum. I want to thank you both for making me look good, even though there are days where I think, like, quite honestly, I'm the worst mum in the world, which I'm sure we all do. And that's the reality of, you know, being a mum is there's days where, 
you think you're doing it right and there's days where you think, oh, I don't have no idea what I'm doing. And it doesn't matter whether you are in your late 70s or in your 30s or in your 40s or whatever you are, you know, that we just have to trust God. So when I um, asked the girls, can you think of three things, I just started writing this massive list, like massive list. And I wrote things like, I'm completely out of my depth. This is things that motherhood has taught me. Anyone else feel completely out of their depth? Yeah. The perfect mum doesn't exist. I wrote down, time flies when you're having fun and not so much when you're not. Anyone agree with that? The weeks where your kids have got the chicken pox feel like they go on forever. Um, I wrote down, the simple things matter the most, which they do. I have to ask for help. That's a really important one. A mother's love is like no other, which is what Rhiannon said. Um, learning to be still is important as a mum. You've got to find time out. No two, two children are alike. Just because I've got two girls doesn't mean they're even slightly alike. And another one is my reward may not be seen now, but I know that one day I'm going to be rewarded for being a good and, and faithful mum. So, but three things that, um, that I really felt that I wanted to share this morning is, the first one is kids do what you do, not what you tell them to do. Um, you've probably heard people say that mums have eyes in the back of their heads. Guys on the front row, do you agree? Mums have eyes in the back of their heads. They can see everything if you get into the bicky tin and take a biscuit. They know how many are in there. Levi, when you get your licence, if you get home three minutes past curfew, mum will know, I tell you. It's, it's not going to happen. Okay, all right. But what I realised pretty quickly as well is that children have eyes in the back of their head. And kids see and hear everything that we do. Is that true? Have you ever kind of started a, com- a sentence and gone, oh my goodness, I don't know where they got that from and then you realize hang on that's your little mini me that's actually following exactly what you've just told them not to do because you actually do it you know that little version of yourself that doesn't pick up anything or gets cranky with anything that's moving or just has a bad attitude you know let's be honest quite often our kids reflect what we are doing so we can tell our children to act in a certain way and sometimes they listen to that but inevitably they're going to follow what we do which is kind of scary, don't you think? It was actually funny the other week, um, you know, when kids do listen to you and then they see that you do something completely different, they do pick up on it. And a couple of weeks ago, I'd been talking to our staff and our, our key team about the difference between having an, a have-to mentality and a get-to mentality. And I even put something on social media saying, imagine if we said that we get to do something rather than oh, we have to do something because your whole attitude changes when you speak differently. So anyway, I said this and one night I was rushing around the house and Phoebe's like, oh, mum, what are you doing? And I went, oh, I have to go out tonight. And she looked at me and she goes, mum, you don't have to, you get to. And I went... <laughs> Yes, I do. Thank you for the reminder. But it's true, our kids see everything that we do. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if we want to raise kids, or loving kids and loving adults, then we need to be loving. We need to speak nicely about the people around us. We need to speak nicely about the person that grates on us at work. We need to speak nicely about our husbands, which can sometimes be a challenge because we get frustrated sometimes. No, (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. Anyway, (laughs) if we want to raise tidy kids and tidy adults, then we have to be tidy. I think you get my truth. If we want to raise confident kids and confident adults, that we, we not only have to remind them of who they are in Christ, and I, Andrew read my notes this morning as he was reading over my shoulder and then I was 
anything negative about myself. What I was going to say is we not only have to um, speak and tell them who they are in Christ, but we actually have to speak positively about ourselves. When our kids hear us speaking negatively about ourselves, then they're going to do the same. You know, over the years, Andrew and I, as, as youth pastors and then pastors, have had a lot of people come up to us and go, oh, your kids, your kids go to church, or even before our kids, you know, um, loved God or, you know, um, started following in his way themselves independently, we had people come up and go, I just can't understand why my kids don't go to church. Well, can I say to you this morning that if we want our children to love God and put him first, then we have to example that ourselves. If we don't put God first in our actions, if we don't come to church even when we don't feel like it, if we don't put God first in our finances and all we do, then how do we expect that our children are going to do that? It's a little bit of a challenge for us this morning. I think as well, like, I'm not just talking to mums this morning, but, you know, as Christians in general, we have people watching us all the time. Once you say, I'm a Christian, it's almost like you've got this little spotlight on you because people go, oh, well, they should be different. And let's be honest, we should be different. When we have God's love inside of us, we should be different. But my question this morning is, do your words and actions actually line up with what you're saying? You know, are you telling people at work, come to church, Jesus loves you, and then you turn around and you say something negative about somebody else? Or do we talk to people about God's grace and then the next minute openly judging other people? I just want to challenge us on that this morning. I know it challenges me. Matthew 5, 13 to 16 says, But you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, how will it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. You are the light of the world. A city cannot be hidden when it is located on a hill. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, everyone who lights a lamp puts it on a lamp stand. Then it light shines on everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then you will see, they will see the good and that you do and praise your Father in heaven. Are we speaking and are we acting like God wants us to act? So that's my number one. Number two, comparison kills your confidence. I remember when um, Chloe was a, a newborn and I joined a mother's group and it was great, but I remember the first week going in and the midwife said to us all, she said, don't ever compare your babies. She said, the only thing you should ever compare are their outfits. And at the time I thought, that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I realised very quickly that as parents, we kind of compared the milestones of our kids. We compared when they rolled over first, how many words they could say, whatever it was. And it continues on through life. And Anyone that's on social media for more than about two seconds has probably had an experience where they've compared themselves to, to somebody else. You know, for mums, we might think we're an okay mum and then we get onto social media and we see this mum who has prepared the most beautiful birthday for their child and they've, you know, got everything and thought of everything and it's just incredible and their hair looks awesome as well. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there and done that and thought... Gosh, I thought I was good, but I'm not so sure anymore. Or we get to the end of the year and when all the awards are coming out from school, for school and, you know, and it's great to do this. It's great to be proud of our children, but people start to post all of the certificates and awards that their children have won at school and sometimes you're sitting there going, oh, well, my kids didn't get that many or mine didn't get that at all. And we start to compare what other people are doing rather than realising that God has created our children in their own unique way. I think we need to focus on the uniqueness of our children. We need to focus on the uniqueness of ourselves. And when we begin to understand how God sees us, 
then we're going to begin to love ourselves and we're going to begin to love our children more. Psalm 18.30 tells us that God's ways are perfect and Psalm 139 verse 14 tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I remind you this morning that you are God's unique creation. You were never designed to be like somebody else. So when we get on and when we start to compare ourselves and we lose our confidence, we actually forget that God has made you unique for a purpose. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I might get our amazing creative team to come up. I've got one more point. And my last point this morning is one thing that motherhood has taught me is that I have to let go and I have to let God And this is a really challenging one. And I don't think this is just speaking to mothers this morning. I think this is speaking to everybody in the room. I'm kind of one of these people that likes to be organised. You know, I have a pretty organised house. I've grown up in a house where my mum is ridiculously organised. Like, ridiculously. She's amazing and I love you. Um, But I like things in a certain way and I like to do the right thing. I'm not a rule breaker. Andrew and I often laugh, he can sometimes be a bit of a rule breaker, I'm definitely a rule follower. So I kind of expected that my kids would be the same, but I discover very quickly that as a mum I actually can't control everything that my children do. Has anyone else ever felt like that? You know, I can put a routine in place and I can teach my kids, like I said, the right things and the wrong things to do, but at the end of the day they've got their own will and they've got their own ability to make their own choices. See, I think sometimes we forget as parents that our role in life is actually to grow our children to a point of independence. And sometimes when they want to be independent, we're going, oh, no, hang on, hang on, I've just got to hold on to them a little bit longer. But we're actually supposed to get them to the point where they're able to feel like they are independent. But that can be a really, really difficult thing. And I remember a couple, oh, a few years back now, probably two or three years ago, I was sitting in Sydney traffic one morning on the way to work and it was... The weather was horrible. I remember that it was absolutely pouring down with rain and I'm just kind of at a standstill because that's what happens in Sydney. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I started to panic and I started to realise that my kids were on the way to school on their own and they were driving themselves to school. And all of a sudden I just had this fear in me like, oh my goodness, I'm not with them anymore. My awesome driving skills that I used to teach them and they absolutely loved or didn't love at all, didn't appreciate at all. I'm not there to guide them anymore. I've actually let them out. I've given them the keys and they've gone out and they're doing their own thing. I remember sitting there going, I'm going to have to put up with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to be lying in bed at night for the rest of my life, waiting for them to come home, wondering if they're okay. And as I was thinking that, I just felt this peace come over me. It was like this supernatural peace came over me. And I really just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you know what, I've got your children. I've got your children. And to me, that was a life-changing moment. And it doesn't mean when they go out now, I still don't say to them every time, drive carefully, I love you. I say that every time they go out. But I just know that God is with them. You know, last year I spoke... I don't know if anyone remembers the message that I spoke last year on the trouble with my throw and I had a fishing line. It was in the middle of COVID. And the scripture was 1 Peter 5 verse 7. And it says, it talks about casting your cares to God. And there comes a point with our children when we actually have to relinquish control over them and give them to God. I'm going to read the whole scripture and from the Amplified. It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries and all your concerns once and for all. 
once and for all on him for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. You know, our kids are going to do things in life that we don't agree with. Our kids are going to be disobedient. Our kids are going to become independent and be ready to become independent even when we're not ready for them to become independent. So what do we need to do? We need to cast our cares on him. And, and it says that he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you. Can I say this morning, he cares about your children with deepest affection and he's watching over them. I just want to remind everyone this morning that he's with you, that he's got you. Whether you've got children this morning, whether you're going through something right now that you're struggling to give your cares over to God, I'm going to stand. (laughs) You know, maybe this morning you're going through something in your life and it might not be parent related. It could be a sickness. It could be a financial issue. It could be whatever it is. But I want to remind you this morning that that scripture tells us to cast our cares onto Him. It means to throw your cares onto Him. I'm going to read one more verse. And it's found in Matthew, sorry guys. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I encourage you this morning, if there's something today that your feeling is heavy and it's weighing you down, that you can cast that onto God this morning, that you can throw it out to Him. The challenge is not to reel it back to you. The challenge this morning is to throw it out to God because He's able to carry the weight. He's able to carry whatever it is that you're going through. And can I ask you and challenge you this morning to let go and let God. Just let go of it. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? Maybe there's people here this morning that are struggling with something in their life right now. And I, I just want to ask you, just raise your hands. Like Nobody's looking around. This is not a salvation call. This is, this is just if right now in your life there's something that is heavy on your life and you're struggling to hold it, just raise your hands for a minute and we're going to pray because I really believe that as we give things over to God, that He will hold on to them and we don't need to, we don't need to feel that burden. So Father, whoever is in this place this morning, God, feeling that things are heavy right now, Lord Jesus, that they're struggling to carry the weight, whatever it is, God, we just ask you this morning to take that weight. We thank you, God, that as we cast our cares onto you, God, that you take them, God, that you care for us. As Annette said this morning, God, you love us as a friend. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, even right now, that we just begin to to feel that lightness, God, as you take a hold of our circumstances, Father, and we thank you that you've got them. Amen. I just want to ask one more group of people this morning a question, and I don't know everybody in the room this morning. I know there's people that are visiting this morning. And as Annette um, spoke about this morning, she spoke about Jesus as a friend. And perhaps this morning you're here and you've heard about Jesus and you've sung along this morning, and, but you honestly, you don't have an actual relationship with Jesus. Perhaps you've read the Bible, but you can say this morning, I actually don't know God as my personal saviour. Or maybe you have known God, but for whatever reason you've turned away from him. I just want to ask you this morning, if you want to know God, if you want to know Jesus as your personal saviour, 
I'd love you to put up your hand this morning and we're going to pray for you. So while eyes are still bowed, why don't you raise your hand if you'd like to. Thank you. If you would like to know Jesus as as your Saviour this morning, thank you. Because we're going to pray. Is there anybody else? Just going to wait a moment. You know, thank you. We serve a God that loves us, who cares for us, who went to the cross for us, even though we didn't deserve it. He loves us. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you for sending your son, even though I didn't deserve it. And right now, I asked you to come into my heart. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done that are wrong. And I ask that today that you will give me a brand new start. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Why don't we congratulate those that made a decision this morning? It is the best decision you will ever, ever make. And if you made that decision this morning, I'm going to be outside, thank you, Laura, with a Bible, just out in the foyer here, just on the right-hand side this morning. There's going to be some of our team there. We would love to give you a Bible. We would love to chat to you about how you can um, build a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus. So come and have a chat to me after. I would love to talk to you. We've got our Grow course, which is an incredible way to learn more about faith in Jesus and we would love you to be part of that too. I would love to thank both of these girls. You're amazing. Thank you for your wisdom. It was actually so funny because I looked across at everybody's notes and Rhiannon's writing was kind of small. Mine was kind of medium and yours was kind of large. (laughs) I thought, oh, I'm going, I'm heading towards that way. I I keep me. But anyway, no, I do appreciate you guys so much. We're going to stand. I'm going to get Andrew to come and finish the the service. But thank you, guys. Awesome. Why don't we stand, church? We're about to head off the rest of your day to enjoy Mother's Day, Mother's Day lunch. We've got Mother's Day lunch right here, so you don't even need to go anywhere. Beautiful Sivlaki is out in the cafe. But let's do this. Let's pray one more time as we pray a prayer of blessing over you. Why don't you stretch forward your hands and receive this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. God bless you, church. We love you. Have a fantastic Mother's Day. And spoil your mum if you haven't already.